Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome once again to The Last Show on Earth. I'm John Owen-Jones. And I'm Alistair Brammer. And welcome to the podcast where each episode we ask our guests the big, big question that nobody ever dared to ask. If there was a meteor hurtling towards Earth, threatening to destroy life as we know it, and you could see one more show before you die, what would it be? It could be anything you want, a play, a musical, an opera, a ballet, something you've already seen, something you wish you'd seen, or something you've made up entirely. In this episode, we are joined by the charming Ben Forster, whose love for the industry and vocal range know no bounds. Ben shot to fame on ITV's Superstar TV programme, where he won the coveted role of Jesus in the star-studded World Arena tour of Lloyd Webber's Jesus Christ Superstar, playing opposite Tim Minchin and Mel C. Now, he has also starred in Thriller Live, Phantom of the Opera, The Rocky Horror Show, Evita, Grease, and as Buddy the Elf in Elf the Musical, all in the West End. He really needs to try and get a job in a successful musical, doesn't he? <laughs> Something commercial. Um, he's also recently turned to producing, becoming creative director of Alpha, the team that produced the spellbinding Royal Albert Hall production of Sunset Boulevard, amongst many other brilliant live shows. He's also renovating a mansion in the Lake District and documenting it all on social media, which I just think is really cool. Well, he is really cool and a real gentleman. Ben and I have worked together on numerous occasions over the years in concerts across the globe, and I'm so pleased he's here today to talk to us all about winning superstar, wearing different hats, and of course, his last show on earth. Little clue there. Liverpool. So, please enjoy the last show on earth of our superstar lord and saviour, Mr. Ben Forster. And I remember being asked to audition for Thriller Live. They were like, oh, can you sing like a Michael Jackson song? And I, were like, I went and sang like George Michael, Don't Let Single Down On Me. <laughs> I was like, I can't even sing Michael Jackson. Yeah. Here's another Michael. Goes in and sings a Michael Ball song. <laughs> and did you dance like Michael Flatley? <laughs> <laughs> Ask a question nobody dared to ask. If you had a day to live, what show would be your last? What is your last show on earth? This is the last show on earth. My name is John. My name is Al. Been friends a long time past. We want to know what show you'd see. If you knew it was to be your last, what is your last show on earth? This is the last show on earth. What is your last show on earth? This is the last show on earth. Welcome to the last show on earth, Mr. Ben Forster. Hooray! Oh, thank you very much. Hoo-ha. Very nice to be here, especially if, yeah, if the world's ending, I'd, you know. 
there's not two people I'd rather be with. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if that were true. What a sad little life you'd have. <laughs> yeah. So are you busy at the moment, Ben? I am. Do you know what? The, it's weird. I feel like I've got a really... I think my brain is the most full that it's ever been right. with different things. Uh, I feel really busy in my mind. However, like people are probably not seeing me out there as much as I have been. But yeah, my life is pretty money well you've been you've moved into producing and directing and stuff so you're much more behind the scenes now than you ever were right yeah it's it's um it's actually been like a definitely a move that has that has really inspired me that there's a whole other side of the business that I actually really love I love the creative side of sort of pulling a team together pulling an amazing cast together um and the opportunity to become the creative director for for Alpha which I did a few years ago um, just broadened my horizons and gave me a whole other uh, profession, if you like. Yeah. Uh, as well as, obviously, there's always going to be the one that I love. I love singing and I love acting and I'll, you know, I can't ever imagine leaving that. Yeah. What is Alpha? So Alpha is um, a, a big uh, company in the city, which is like a corporate company, basically, in the city of London. Um but it's run by two guys who are really, really supportive and love theatre. Mm-hmm. One of them especially um, is a really big musical theatre fan and loves really great singers and great songs and stuff. So I started doing uh, some events and corporate work and appearing and singing a song at a ball or a, a venue or a, you know, a, yeah, a drop and drinks yeah. thing. And that's what John's done. And um, a few years after I did that, he... We were chatting over a few drinks one night after one of the events, and he said to me, you know, what do you think of the ball, and what do you think of this? And, you know, um, I gave some opinions, and he said, well, come and work for me. If you can do it, I want you to be my creative director. And initially I said no, you know, it wasn't – I just see myself as a performer, I suppose. At that moment in time, I was like, oh, no, I'm not – you know, I can't possibly – wouldn't know what to do. Mm. Um, And then sort of COVID hit. And I was doing Phantom in Greece and um, COVID hit. And we, I think we were one of the first shows to close, actually. Um, and I came back and uh, after a few weeks, he rang me and he was like, well, business is not going very well, but come and be my creative director. Let's plan some stuff. And it got me just thinking that like, maybe that is a thing to do while there's nothing happening. Mm. Well, I mean, let's talk particularly about the Sunset Boulevard concert that you had a hand in staging at the Royal Albert Hall. Uh, was that last year or the year before now? It was, yeah. It was in December. With Maz Marie and Ramin Karimli. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we were we were so lucky there. I mean, that had been already put on at, um, at the Alexander Palace. And yeah. because it had, had such great reviews and people loved it, um, I was out with Maz one day and I said, mm. wouldn't it be great to, like, give it a bigger a bigger life. Yeah. And we've got a really good uh, relationship with the Royal Albert Hall. We do a few, we do like an annual show there called Best of the West End, which you've done a few times. Yeah. Um, and that's an amazing show. Uh, so called the Royal Albert Hall and we got the the hall for an amazing date. And I said to Ramin and Maz and Alex Parker, who... Musical director, yeah. The musical director and producer. I said, do you want us to co-produce this uh, and make this a big event at the Royal Albert Hall? And it was, honestly, I've got to say... It was the first time I've ever produced something and not been on. 
stage because I always go, right. oh, I can't not be on. I just yeah, feel yeah. like I've always got to be in it, which is like, write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. <laughs> well, it is that thing, though, isn't it? You're in that remarkably great position for a performer to be able to stage your own shows. I mean, yeah. and to have people behind you helping you do that. So why not? But it must have been an amazing feeling to sit back in the audience that night. Like I did. I watched it as a fan. And I absolutely loved it, you know. And it must have been really amazing moment of pride for you. Oh, yeah, it was. You know, looking at the the way we sort of elevated that show and were able to give Alex more to work with and give Maz more support and Ramin, and they, were, went, they went back into the rehearsal room for two or three weeks. So they were really fine-tuned everything. And Jeremy Seacombe was just, like, mind-blowingly good. And yeah, as much, I had yeah, Tim looking. Yeah. Tim looking on the lights, who just created this, like ultimately spectacular atmosphere. Yeah, you know, and the the moment at the end where she has the big breakdown and the music starts, and he just literally blinded the audience with lights. And yeah. th- there was not you could not have got a more exciting moment. It was like pure wow. theater at its best, yeah. and it. I just stood, I just sat there and I was like, this is great. From the outside, it really seemed like one of those jobs where every single member of that team, be it a p- performer or a creative or a producer, would have been like, like, it just didn't seem like it was work from the outside. Everyone just seemed to be loving their life. Like, I, I mean, look, I've worked with John Lords, right? And, yeah. and I know that yeah. we always we always get in a wing somewhere and go, for God's sake, I want to go home. And, but actually, <laughs> I don't really consider that I've ever worked a day in my life. Like, I don't. Mm. I think that I'm, I think we are so lucky to do what we do yeah. because we do something that we love and, and, and I just don't feel like it's work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's your future planned out then, is it? I mean, you started off, you know, doing kind of West End ensemble smaller leads, and then, of course, Superstar. Yeah. Why didn't you tell us about what happened with Superstar? Well, Superstar was... You won it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I won it, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was an amazing experience. It was, you know, I was in Thriller Live at the time. I was in the original cast of Thriller Live. That's the story of Michael and the Jacksons, yeah? Well, it was actually just a jukebox musical, but fun, really fun job. Really actually pushed my voice to places that I never uh, knew I could sing. Yeah. And I remember being asked to audition for Thriller Live. They were like, oh, can you sing like a Michael Jackson song? And... I, was like, I went and sang, like, George Michael, don't let a single down on me. <laughs> I was like, I can't even sing Michael Jackson. Yeah. Here's another Michael. Goes in and sings a Michael Ball song. <laughs> and did you dance like Michael Flatley? <laughs> <laughs> the, um, and I remember going in the audition and they were like, so what song have you got? And I was like, don't let a single down on me. And they were like, what? <laughs> and they were like, no, you've got to sing a Michael Jackson song. So anyway, I sang Don't Let a Sun Go Down on Me. And then they were like, can you just go away and learn like earth song and beat it and uh she's out of my life yeah and i just thought that i couldn't i mean the first time i sang them songs i was like i can't sing them i can't do that sound yeah. but actually after just practicing for a few days it just comes you found it and, and then doing yeah. that for then like two years actually gave me my jesus voice i've got to be honest sure uh, yeah right. i think it sure. gave me yeah. that sort of rocky uh, relaxed musical theater sound and it really helped so and just manipulating your vocal to like be in that place where you can then survive eight shows a week as well. Because, yeah. I mean, even Michael wouldn't have sung those songs eight times a week. Yeah. <laughs> no. 
when you went into Superstar, though, I mean, what were you hoping to get out of it? I mean, the whole thing was a massive thing at the time. And I think it was the third or fourth show like that on the TV where Lloyd Webber was casting a musical. Did you go into it thinking, I'm not going to win this, but it'll be an interesting learning experience? Or did you really want to win it from the get-go? I knew I was going to win in my heart, (laughs) not in my brain. My brain was giving me like everything, like, you're not good enough. Everyone else is amazing all that stuff. But my heart, when I, yeah. when I, when I watched yeah. Lee do that and I watched obviously Connie and Danielle and all the people do the other shows, um, I always thought like, if yeah. there's a Jesus one, I could proper do it. I could do the Jesus one. I just, wow. and I used to be like, if that one comes about, I will apply. And then uh, obviously heard the rumor that it was coming out, called my agent and was like, you have to get me like in for it. And he's like, no, you've got to go on the ITV thing and actually like apply. Um mm which I wow. did. Uh, and and I, I remember like sitting in the car and Nathan James, who was in the final five with me or final six with the long blonde amazing hair. Amazing singer, yeah. yeah. He's yeah, an yeah. amazing singer. and Extraordinary voice. He called me and he was like, are you going for this, uh, the Jesus show? And I was like, I'm like, yeah, why are you? And he was like, yeah, and I'm going to win it. And I was like... <laughs> Yeah, you are. You probably are going to win. You probably are. I'm totally going to win. And um, just so you know, you might as well not even bother. And I was like, oh, cough, Nathan. I was like, I'm going to, I'll see you at this audition. Uh, And uh, it was, you know, a a lot of really lucky things happened in that process. Like I queued um, and went to the loo at one point and lost my place in the queue, ended up being at the back of the queue. And the runners were like, oh no, you've got to go to the back. And I'm like, but I was just like right down the room. Ended up being like in the last per- the last person actually of the day to sing, and at that point Andrew turned up to have a meeting with David Grinrod. So Andrew was in my very very first original audition. I'm the only person he saw. Wow! In, in the five thousand people that auditioned in that weekend, uh, the first weekend, and yeah. um, really weird. That's extraordinary. Um, the show was like a brilliant experience. I always felt like the show was really terrifying. Mm. We were live. Over it wasn't every week my one, so it, it was live over ten nights. Oh, I don't know how you, I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you did it, really. And and literally they would go like I don't know like when um when Tim left they were like, oh Tim's song was amazing. We've got like a twelve thousand pounds piano for his set tomorrow, so you can sing that song now. And I'm like, but it's like half eleven at night. And they're like, yeah, but you sing Run tomorrow because. And I was like, but I was supposed to be singing like a. I don't know, I can't remember what the song was, a Freddie Mercury song or something. And they were like, oh, but do run because it's a much nicer I got to go set. and learn Snow Patrol. Um, I don't even know yeah. that song. And you just have to like literally go in. So there's no duty of care from them towards you then. You were basically just, do, you were filling uh, a visual for them. We were doing a visual. Uh, I think that there was no, I mean, I definitely don't think it was like fixed. I don't think they knew that I would uh, mm. win. I don't feel like I was pushed at any point or given any privilege yeah. at all like I think it was just literally like whoever the public vote for that would be the person um uh, the people at ITV by the way were superbly beautiful and lovely and couldn't like I uh, I really loved the producers I'm still friends with some of them uh and it was a really good experience it was just terrifying because it was like I was in my dressing room watching the telly and it was live and you, you know, like when you're little and you're like, oh, I'd love to just jump in the telly and see what it's like. It literally, I, someone would knock yeah, on the door right. and go, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. on in like 90 seconds and I'd walk down and then you would just be in the telly. It was just a bizarre, bizarre experience. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Incredible. 
I actually auditioned for Jesus Christ Superstar, believe it or not. What, the, 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 the show? What do you mean, for the TV show? Yeah. yeah. Did you? I was, um, I was filming the Les Miserables movie at the time. And um, I'd, I'd done the Joseph one and I got into the final 20. I went to Andrew's castle and then didn't get through. <laughs> and um, I went and sang for Jason and whoever the, the judges were. And I basically sang Show Must Go On, but I cracked. I was like 22 or something. I was like oh, way, God. way young. <laughs> we need to find her. And Jason Donovan, who was also on the Joseph one, he gave me a look and he went, Alistair, keep at it, yeah? And I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> just like as, as if I've been like practicing in the mirror for the last three years trying oh, to god you're like I'm filming the Lemmy's movie I'm quite all right actually <laughs> I know so, I mean I was like I'm gonna get back to Pinewood in about three hours yeah. it's all right oh I love Jason yeah. oh, I love yeah. Jason. that's hilarious but you might never have carried on without Jason Donovan mm, yeah you're right he yeah. was the he he is yeah. the petrol in my engine yeah quite right <laughs> good god that sounds horrendous <laughs> I did Jesus when I was 16 and I remember my director in youth theatre I'm, I'm on the cross you know prone naked apart from like a silk nappy and the director shouted on the god mic during tech he goes John hold your stomach in <laughs> and I was like I am holding it in god. <laughs> oh god well look it's as good a time as any now to get on to um, what we call Al's 10 questions where we instead of talking to you forever about your career which we could do we like to do a little potted quiz where we ask you 10 questions about your career and life so far. Okay. So, uh, Ben Forster, would you like to join in with Al's 10 questions? I would. Here we go. Bum, bum, bum. You made your West End debut in the musical La Cava. What is the English translation of La Cava? The harlot, the whore. It's the, isn't it the cave, or am I wrong? <laughs> that's just, that's just Google Translate, so I'm probably wrong. Fine, you get the point. Question number two. You then appeared in All You Need Is Love at the Arts Theatre in London. That song was performed as a wedding flash mob in which romantic comedy film? Oh, that's a tricky one. It's something like Love Actually, but not Love Actually. Correct. Well, look, was it? Correct. Love Actually. Yay. Oh, there we are. Question number three. You played Doody in Greece. Complete this lyric from the song Those Magic Changes. A melody that's never the same, a melody that's calling your name and begs you... Please come back to me. Please return to me. Don't go, Don't go away, away again. again. Very good. Don't make them play again. Yeah. <laughs> Question four. You played Brad Majors in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. What was the name of the actor who played him in the movie? No idea. A tricky one, isn't who was, it? Who was also in Greece. Can I just... A little interesting fact there. The oh. original Danny Zuko in Greece. Oh, right. Where? On Broadway, when it first opened. No, Richard Gere was. No, I wasn't. Richard Gere played Danny Richard Green. Gere. Anyway, Richard Gere yeah. was the original Broadway Danny Zuko. What? Okay, Barry Bostwick. Barry it's Bostwick. Barry Bostwick. Bless Barry, yeah. but I would never knew his name. <laughs> <laughs> Question number five. You won TV talent show Superstar, but who came fifth? Oh, my God. It was either David Hunter or Nathan. Which one? You've already mentioned him. Nathan. Correct, correct, correct. Question number six. On Superstar, which of these songs did you not perform in the live shows? Snow Patrol Run, R.E.M. Everybody Hurts, or The Killers, Mr. Brightside? Mr. Brightside. Correct. Question seven. You were in Evita. Listen up for this, and this is a tricky one. What does the V stand for in CV that is also an anagram of Evita? Vita. Vita. Correct, correct. Vite, Vita, Vite. Question number eight. You were in Elf the Musical playing Buddy. Name three other synonyms for the word friend. Got Buddy. Mate. Yep. Buddy, 
pal. Very good. Could have had chum. I would have liked chum, but that's fine. Oh, chum. I told you to think of dog food. <laughs> Question number nine. This is another tricky one. You played the Phantom. WSS is an abbreviation of West Side Story. It's also an abbreviation of one of the Phantom's tracks from the Phantom of the Opera original cast recording. What is that track? John, you can maybe help him. Do you know this? I'm not, I'm not helping him. He doesn't need my help with Phantom. My God. <laughs> Did a right on his own, thanks. WSS. Yeah. Yeah. It's the top of Act Two. What, the Red Death? Yeah. Oh, why so silent, good monsieur? Why so silent? Apparently, that's what the actual track oh, is called. So According to the fans of the Opera Wikipedia, that's what the track's called. Well, why so silent? Oh, yeah. I told you, didn't I, Alistair, that we never called it Never. That. Yeah, never no, I know. Yeah. I know. But I thought I'd leave it in because I, I just quite like the West Side Story thing. <laughs> question number 10, which is the last question. You were in Thriller Live, a musical about Michael Jackson. Name the Michael Jackson track that is also your first name. Ben. Correct. Well, done. <laughs> well, that's it. I think you got a solid one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think I don't know. I've got eight because I'm going to give him La Cava. Are we giving him La Cava? Um, you probably yeah. Go on. Th- there's probably a looser translation than the one you've got from <laughs> the Google, cave. So it's about cave, obviously it does translate as sparkling wine. Good point. As well, fair but, point. Yeah. I literally just typed it into you know, Google. Yeah. But it it is I, there, you, there is a song. The actual title uh, of the song is, the title song is La Cava, the harlot, the whore of the town. Oh, I see. Right. Very good. There we are. Well done. (laughs) That was our 10 questions. So let's go back then to, you've done a lot of stuff in the West End and now you're a producer. So what's next? Uh, Actually, I would... There's lots of things, you know, what I really do want to do is champion people. I do love that. Like I love, uh, I love when I believe in someone, I really like supporting friends and talented people. So I I love the thought of helping people move forward. Um, for me, I, I would love to, you know, create opportunities for us as a community. I would love to, um, I would like to look after new and fresh talent. I do think grassroots talent is so important. Yeah. I do think part of making the the the, the business equal and whole um, really starts like with the foundations of young talent and young performers. I think that's how we can change the industry in the future. Mm. So I would love to sort of have some effect on being able to give people more opportunity and let more people train and let more people go to college um, very cool and then create the actual bigger and better opportunities with fairer pay and you yeah. know all that sort yeah. of stuff That's incredibly exciting i think that we're finally getting better in the uk at what they've been great at in new york for years which is that which is starting to champion new writing and to put it on yeah and we've finally started doing that because up until five years ago it was just you know we're going to put on annie again or we're going to put on Oklahoma again or you know so I, I love that we're starting to see these newer things coming through and being put onto big stages yeah yeah absolutely yeah. and also we've just we've got so many amazing new sort of theatrical spaces mm. so yeah. that's I think that's why that's happening we've got lots of little brilliant theatres that have opened in the last sort of five years yeah, good point and or they've become way more famous and more respected so I just feel like people are taking more risks there's you know obviously less money when there's less audience and stuff. And I, I do totally understand commercial theatre. We have to definitely appeal to the masses to keep the British 
uh, and all the tourists and the British public happy. You know, they have to be able to come and take the kids somewhere or take their grand somewhere and know what they're getting every single time. But yeah, 100%. The, London's got millions and millions of people in it and we can definitely fill a 300-seater theatre with new amazing work, yeah. you know, until people become famous like, you know, Andrew and... Yeah, the big guys. Uh, well, there's got you to be, know, there's a new guard them. approaching, aren't there? I mean, people like Andrew Lloyd Webber and Cameron McIntosh will eventually leave us, you know, and there will be new people to take their place. And hopefully there'll be people yeah. like you, Ben, especially because you might give me a job. <laughs> <laughs> but you also, you know, you've, you've just been on the TV with your country house renovation. Why did you tell us about that? Oh, yeah. So, I mean... I've oh always... yeah, he's so busy, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's completely forgotten he's on Channel Four. Oh yeah, yeah. I did a Channel Four documentary. Oh yeah, doing like a complete knob tonight. <laughs> oh god. Um, the basically, I've always uh, had property as an obsession. So as soon as I could afford one, I bought one, and then I came up with a little theory in my mind that if if every house could, I could sell every house that I did and buy two. Yeah. No matter what the houses were, it means I would have two for one. And I did that for about 10 years wow. and then suddenly ended up with like this house up north, which was, um, it, it was a dream. I mean, I also knew that house since I was 10 years old. We used to have a caravan in the next village. And when we'd walk to the pub, I used to get my dad to lift me over the wall and be like, I just want to look at like the big country house. Because wow. wow. it was, it's just so romantic looking and big and beautiful and and now you own it and you're renovating it and you're yeah that's all being documented on a show on channel four that's remarkable yeah it has yeah renovation nation uh was uh we were approached um by the production company who'd seen us on instagram because when we first bought the house we put it on instagram thinking people can just watch it people you know yeah. mums and aunties and uncles and you know whoever wants to just it's good watch. to have a it's good to have a document yeah i suppose on so. yeah, you know it's I, like a little diary for yourself it was as well. really nice uh we put like three or four pictures on about three weeks into the renovation and in the weekend had ten thousand followers and we were just like oh it's so popular weird. all these ones um come down to the woods man with a hammer all these instagram people yeah yeah, but they also sound like really weird porn films when you put them like that. <laughs> so you've like, so you've done a lot of different things. It's quite incredible. You wear lots of different hats, and it's something we talk about a lot on this podcast: is how you have to be uh, willing to vary uh, the nature of your work in this industry. And you're, you're, you know, you're a producer, you're a director, you're a singer, you're an actor, you're a property developer. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just you've just. But none of that journey, is really. none of those. None of those are a job. For me, it's all just like hobbies. It's all like things that I just want to yeah. do. And if I can create opportunities, I just feel like I want to do it. So I don't think, all right, that's like the property business. Mm. It's just like, yeah, right, yeah, what yeah. can we do now to, for me and Paul, my partner, to, to fill our time and have a, a nice, you know, test yeah. and a, a nice journey. And we've done it and we've enjoyed it so many times. Mm. Um, so it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like, uh, I wear a lot of hats. It's just my hat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so when you put down, say, like, if you put your job description down on any kind of form, you just put Ben Forster. That's my job. Being me. <laughs> <laughs> One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And we've talked about lots of different things already, but let's find out what your last show on earth choice is. Okay. My last show on earth is the show that really, really inspired me to become a performer. Um, I remember being taken to see it by my auntie, Olwen, at Sunland Empire. And I was, I think, about nine or ten. And, and I was in floods and floods, like uncontrollable emotion yeah. at the end of it. And oh. the name of this show is Blood Brothers. Ah. And, oh. I rem- and, and I still, uh, you know, respect that show so much because... The brilliant thing about the production is that it's got the most simple set that doesn't have any special effects. It's just a small cast, a band, and brilliant songs backed mm-hmm. up. Yeah, it's a simple story well told, isn't it? It yeah. is. And, yeah. and you know, it just leads you on the exact journey that you should uh, go on for musical theatre. Absolutely. Yeah. The yeah. music is as important as the story. Do you know what's so lovely? What's it, it holds a special place in my heart because it's the first West End show I ever saw. Mm-hmm. When I was fifteen, we got taken up to London from the southwest where I'm from to watch Blood Brothers, and it was a formative moment because I remember it was the first time I'd ever seen a piece of scenery fly in. Oh yeah! And this is not some huge complex set, as you say, it's very simple. Yeah. But one minute they were in the garden playing, and then this piece of set came in. It was just a window and a door with a little flower pot on it. And suddenly we were in the living room. Yeah. And I, I, I remember being like, what? It, I remember that happening to me when I was a kid watching pantomime and going to what was my local cinema. I'd only ever seen it as a big screen. And then suddenly the curtains opened and there was a whole world behind the screen with mm. set pieces and stuff. And it's that magical moment is quite important. Mm. In the brain of a person who become, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it's a very theatrical choice you've chosen. For me, the musical itself belongs in the theatre. There isn't a production yeah. currently going. I yeah, don't there think... is. The UK tour is on currently. Oh, cool. Oh, is it right? Okay. Well, it's one yeah. show. If if you like theatre and you've never seen it, you should definitely go because it is. It distills everything that's great about British theatre, like a lot of Willie Russell's do, work. Do, you know. Beautiful. The first time I saw it, I I saw it on my own. I went with maybe a couple of other people who were into theatre. The second time, I went on a date. To Blood Brothers with a girl who could, and this sounds like bragging, but it was one of the most embarrassing moments in my theatrical going lifetime where she could not stop snogging me <laughs> in the dress circle. Whilst I'm trying to watch the show and she could not keep her hands off me. So we had to leave in the interval because I, I was really embarrassed and also, you know, I was quids in. Yeah. So yeah. I, I've actually really only seen it one and a half times. Yeah. What happens in act two? Yeah. Oh so I have, it's a, it's a very special show for me as well. <laughs> for different reasons. Oh my God. No, I actually, I think I must have seen it literally about 13 times or like 20 times or something ridiculous. Good Lord, yeah. Wow, wow. Who would be your dream cast? Okay, well, I would really love to play Mickey. And I remember literally begging Bill Kenwright 
to let me play Mickey. And he was like, you're too tall and you're not from Liverpool. And I was like, I am right. from Liverpool. Like, my mum's from Liverpool. Like, I'm from Liverpool because my mum's yeah. from Liverpool. And obviously, I'm not from Liverpool. Um, <laughs> and he's like, no, you're like two inches or three inches too tall. And I was like, what does it matter? Oh, that's I ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but I would want to be Mickey. Great. I mean, it doesn't really matter what you look like. If you, I mean, everyone knows you're an adult playing a kid, right? That's the whole conceit of the two brothers. No, I, I think even the requirements to audition for that role is that you've got to be under five foot eight. Really? Oh. I didn't know that. Oh. How tall are you? Crazy. Six foot. See, yeah. I'm five eleven. So we, yeah, we we both. Maybe maybe you and I can oh, do it together. Be, yeah. That solves that problem. Yeah, but I think maybe you'd have to get a very tall Mrs. Johnston, wouldn't you? And a very tall Mrs. Lyons. And... Yeah, we'll get um, Hannah yeah. Waddingham. Can be can be our Mrs. Johnston. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in a big <laughs> pair of heels. Hannah as Mrs. Johnston would be amazing. <laughs> Who would be your Eddie? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it would just be, I mean, you know, the perfect sort of person is like a Michael Xavier, isn't it? The posh one. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. So, yeah, Michael also Xavier. very tall. Also very tall. Very tall. Yeah. yeah. So he could do it with you, yeah. yeah. Um, and, I mean, Hannah. You know, you could have anyone like. you want, right? You don't have to have Xavier. You can have, like, Keanu Reeves if you want. <laughs> you don't have to have Xavier. <laughs> That's so horrible. <laughs> I love Michael Xavier, John. <laughs> Of course, and you, you and I, Ben, worked with Xavier, didn't we, on Unmasked? What a laugh that oh, was, yeah. that uh, oh my God. Andrew Lloyd Webber concert show we did oh at the other God. palace. We had such a brilliant that time was doing so that. so funny. Yeah, and what a load of talent in that room as well. It's Tyrone and Rhea. Yeah, that and was, yeah. It was glorious. Yeah, Anna Auburn. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, back to the show. So you've got you, you've got Xavier. Um, who are you going to have as the narrator? Ooh, do you know who would be amazing as the narrator? Who? Cool. John Owen Jones. <laughs> That's the second time he's been, uh, no, third time he's been cast in the show. Uh, yeah. Shoes upon the table spiders and the, the spider's table. been killed. Oh, I went up the octave, John. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can do that too, but I, I like to save it for the night, you know. Guess who I saw, by the way, as that. I, I don't know the actor's name, but have you seen Grease 2? Yes. Mm, no. Oh, yeah, you would have seen, um, oh, oh, what's his name? The guy who played... D- Maxwell No, I I, I, I didn't see Maxwell Caulfield, no. Oh. It was um it was it was the it was an American guy who was the oh I perhaps he wasn't American if he was in Blood Brothers at the Phoenix Theatre in London. But he played an American in Greece too. And he okay. played Nogarelli in Greece too. Um and I was like and I loved Greece too as a kid. Right. So I was like, What? Right, am I gonna have to look cool. up who that is though? Are we gonna edit all this out? Nogarelli, is that really the name? Yeah, Mr. Mr. Nagarelli. Mr. Nagarelli. Okay, I'm going to find out who he is. His his love interest was Michelle Pfeiffer, but then he ended up with Lorna Luft. I've never seen Grease 2. I've seen it, but I can't, can't even remember like who played what, apart from Michelle Pfeiffer. Johnny Nagarelli. That's it, Johnny Nagarelli, yeah. No, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. You didn't see Adrian Smed. <laughs> yeah. Adri- from TJ Hooker. Wait, Adrian's... Do you remember TJ Hooker? That TV show where um, uh, Captain Kirk, what's it, William Shatner played a cop. And Adrian Smed was the guy who played opposite him, who was also in Bachelor Party, one of my favourite films when I was a youngster, with Tom Hanks. That's who I saw. Adrian Smed. And he always got his top off. with. It's like, he was like the Peter Andre of acting. He was gorgeous. That's unbelievable. Yeah, pretty that cool. cool. Anyway, so who would be your Mrs Johnston then? Um, I think, uh, actually, I really have got to say, Hannah Waddingham is such a good mate. She would be absolutely amazing as Mrs Why Johnston. Not? Great. Her voice, her acting, it makes me look... And she is wonderful, isn't she? Would you have chosen her before we mentioned her name? Or did you have someone well, else in actually, mind? Well, actually, my Mary Magdalene, Mel C, was oh, uh, yeah. 
perfect casting. I mean, she she is the person that should do it in the movie. If there's ever a movie, uh, yeah. Mel C should do that. You know, Melanie is so talented, and she's got that sort of guttural, earthy Liverpool uh, attitude about her anyway. So, yeah. She's literally just Liverpudlian. That's all you need to be. Yeah, yeah she yeah. did that role obviously in the West End, and I think I, I can't actually remember whether she was just nominated or whether she won the Olivia for it. Um, well, I, I I remember John, you and I performed at the Olivier's in two thousand and ten, and she and she she sang that number at the Olivier's live, and we watched her. Did we? <laughs> <God>. <laughs> well, I saw it. Wait, where was that? Which venue was that? It in? was at the Park Hotel. Uh, Park Lane. Somewhere in Park Lane. Yes, I do remember now. Yeah, that was like that was chaos. This was before the, the this was this was before the Olivier's were the Olivier's. This is when they were like they were still in like hotel in a hotel in, yeah. in a room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who else? Well, I, I don't know any other characters. Is, is is that it? Well, Mickey. We've got Mickey. Ben's Mickey doing would Mickey. be me. Oh, yeah, sorry. Well, what about... My dream, uh, it's my dream. Well, yeah, so all of you really need to know is, like, Mrs. Johnson. Mrs. Lyons, do you have anyone from Mrs. Lyons? I haven't really thought about that. It's not really it's a, a particularly... A nonchalant, isn't she? Yeah. Who have you got playing the policeman at the end who comes on and says, <laughs> put down the gun, son? I think the perfect <laughs> person for that role would be Alistair. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I get to do something. Yeah. Pivotal... Role. That is literally one of those lines in a music. Why on earth it's there the way it is? Because it spoils everything. It's a wonderfully dramatic moment. And then oh. this guy comes on in a cod liver puddling accent that says, put down the gun, son. <laughs> so you've got, your, you've got your dream cast. Anyway, you've got your dream cast. Yes. So you're sitting there, right? You've watched this mm. show for an hour, hour mm-hmm. and a half, however long the mm-hmm. first half is. The meteor's hurtling towards Earth. Watch myself, it'd be lovely. But, you know, it's the interval. So you go and have a little wee, or maybe a poo if you've needed one. <laughs> maybe just a little pump. A pump maybe... at the urinal is always a... <laughs> yeah. All right, okay. Well, you've got to make it look bigger for everyone standing next to you. Um, <laughs> so what would your interval drink be? What would your ideal interval drink be? Mm, my favourite drink ever in the world is a Picante. Oh, very nice. What's that, and it please? Is, it is just, it is tequila, but good tequila with mm-hmm. fresh lime juice in equal measure and a, and a measure of agave syrup tossed with ice and a little bit of coriander and then a little wedge of fresh chili in the top. And it is. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it yeah, is, yeah. I had six of them last night at Soho House. <laughs> It sounds like a very, very rich drink, though. I don't know if I could drink six of them. I think, I think I'd have two, and I'd, I'd need like some oh, more no. water. Oh, the chi- the chili keeps it's it like going. Having a little like healthy smoothie or something because of the lime juice. I mean, it's basically just yeah. lime juice and tequila, right? Um, well, I mean, that's a margarita, isn't it? You're adding a few other things to make it a picante. Isn't a tequila? Isn't a margarita lemon juice? No, it's lime. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Don't Google it. I'll do a quick Google. Don't Google it. I'm, Let's I'm move gonna, on. I'm going to do a quick Google because we've had this on the podcast before and I'm, I'm starting to get paranoid I've made a mistake. Uh, it's tequila and lime juice. Oh, and triple sec. There was a picante is sec. so much nicer than a margarita. So anyway, yeah. a picante would definitely be my interval drink. Gorgeous. Oh, very nice. That's a good choice. And what about what mm. theatre would you like to be in watching this? What venue? It can be anywhere you oh. want. It can be the Colosseum in Rome. It could be a bedroom. It could be anywhere you want. Oh, I think... Um... It would be amazing to be in the Heroes Atticus. I know it doesn't make any sense for Blood Brothers. I don't know what that is. What is it? It's the oldest theatre in the world, and it's in the Acropolis in Athens. 
and it's oh, right. the oldest theatrical space in the world. But it is just the most romantic on top of the hill, sunset, all the lights start to twinkle. Wow. It's just wow. the most amazing place. And it, it wouldn't really suit Blood Brothers, but it would be lovely to just... That'd be a good venue if you were watching like Mamma Mia. Yeah, it'd be perfect. Yeah. Especially Jesus Christ Superstar. Mm-mm-mm. Wait, didn't you do Phantom in Athens? I did, and it was an amazing uh, experience. Actually, like a brilliant wow. non-replica production of the show. Um, yeah. Really, really loved the sort of whole Athens experience. But um, yeah, yeah, COVID closed us down. Like so well, many of us. Oh, did it? Oh, right. Well, it's the home of theatre, isn't it? Hence the the theatre you mentioned. Um, yeah. Now, would you choose then a Greek restaurant to go to after? If I'm having like a theatrical night, um, I don't think I would want anything else other than the shepherd's pie at the Ivy. Lovely. Oh, because do you for know me, what? That's a bloody good choice, mate. I link it to after the show so yeah. much. And I just like, I just love going to the Ivy after a show and having the shepherd's pie. You can't quite beat it. Yeah. Did you ever have, they don't have it on the menu there anymore. I know they've expanded into different cities and stuff, but the original Ivy opposite the mousetrap, they used to have corned beef hash on the menu. Did you ever mm, have that? Yeah, I used to love that. It just came, corned beef hash on a plate with yeah. a bottle of ketchup. That was yeah, it. Lovely. I mean, it's not as lovely. posh as people think the Ivy. Oh, no, I love the food at the Ivy. Actually, I really love the original Ivy, though. West Street Ivy is just, like, the best. So, so look, you've, you've watched Blood Brothers, you've had your interval drink, and, and you've had your, your meal, but who is your plus one? Who are you going to do it all with? Well, my plus one would have to be my Paulie. would have to be Paul, because... We love a night out of the theatre, especially if the world was going to end. You know, I probably would want to be with my partner. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. But you, how long have you been married now? Actually, we're not married. I thought you got married. No, we're, en- we're uh, engaged to be. Oh, have you got any plans? Uh, we haven't got any plans because we bought a big house in the Lake District. <laughs> uh, do you know, why don't you just put this... Got the venue. Yeah, you got the venue. You said it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of that theatre in Greece, just do it. Get married and have your last show there as well. Put Blood yeah, Brothers lovely. on in the garden. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice, actually. Hey, there you go. Mm. Oh, mate. Where exactly is this house? Uh, it's just outside of Carlisle. So it's northwest, but you're from the northeast originally, aren't you? So I'm originally from Sunderland. Uh, and yeah. I grew up sort of in the city centre of Sunderland, basically. Yeah, but the reason mm. why I asked you about the northeast is because we've got a celebrity question from someone from the northeast. They've oh. sent it in. I've got a voice note, okay. uh, and they're going to ask you a celebrity question. Okay, so here it is: oh. the celebrity question. All right. It's the celebrity question. Like, I don't know, maybe something like, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Like, away, man. Would you ever eat anything as bad <laughs> as a kangaroo's anus? Or maybe a crocodile penis, like, eh? Away, man. Or have you ever eaten anything worse? Wow. <laughs> there we are. That was that was Ant or Deck. I'm not sure which one. Um, <laughs> yeah. The uh, Who've asked you the question, if you ever went on a show like I'm a Celebrity, uh, would you eat something like a kangaroo's anus or a crocodile penis, or have you ate anything worse? Very good question. 100% I've eaten stuff worse. 
than a kangaroo's anus. Would I eat a kangaroo's anus? No. Would I eat a <laughs> buffalo's willy? No. Would I eat a testicle from a king pig? Absolutely not. I would not put a fish's eyeball in my mouth. 100% not. 100% I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Never. Definitely wouldn't do it. No, I, like, definitely. I've got no, I've got like, I literally like find a piece of like gristle in the fish finger and I'm sick. I'm like, <laughs> right. You're one of those people. Okay. Yeah, I'm one of them people. God. Yeah. If you find a piece of gristle in a fish finger, yeah, I'd be sick as well. I can find gristle anywhere, me. Oh, really? In a vegan Greg sausage roll, I'll find a piece of gristle and I'm like, nah, I'm not eating that. So yeah, you definitely couldn't, couldn't handle a fish's eyeball popping in your cheeks then. Oh my God. I just basically like picantes and, and shepherd's pie from the <laughs> ivy, John. <laughs> so, yeah, and anything that basically requires no mastication at all. Less of the language, mate. Less of the language. Alistair, you need to stop flirting with me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's do something we call what three words. This is a really weird skill that Al's got where he can tell you exactly how many letters are in a sentence. Now, to make it easier for you and for him on this podcast and to make it short, it's very impressive when he gets it right, which is 99.9% of the time. We're going to ask you to tell us three random words and Alistair will tell you exactly how many letters are in those words. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? It's a special skill to give you a thrill and prove he's a real wordsmith. Give him three words and he can say how many letters they contain right away. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? Oh, what three words have you heard that you'd really like to challenge Al with? So, Ben Forster, what are your three words? Revolver, key, bridge. 17. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? It's a special skill to give you a thrill and prove he's a real wordsmith. Give him three words and he can say how many letters they contain right away. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? Oh, what three words have you heard that you'd really like to challenge Al with? You and I have only met one time, haven't we, Ben? And it was when, it was at Miss Saigon, wasn't it? It was your Miss Saigon, um, there was like a night that I was invited to. Like a media night type thing. A media sort of night. Oh my God, it was brilliant. I absolutely loved it. You came to the Julie Andrews suite in the Prince Edward Theatre. It was you and, and you were with Kimberly Marsh and you were with Lawrence Connor, of course, because you guys worked together. Kimberly with- Walsh. Sorry, Kimberly Walsh. Who's Kimberly Marsh? Not Kim Marsh. Who's Kim Marsh? Why do I know her name? Different, different, different Kimberly. Kim Marsh was in Hearsay. That's right, yeah, with, with Noel, who's a good yeah. friend of mine. Yeah. Kim Marsh is on Strictly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Kimberly yeah. Walsh was in Girls Aloud, wasn't she? God, this is gold. This is gold. What was I doing with her then? Must elf. have been Elf. What year was Miss Saigon? Uh, we are 2014 15 in London. Oh, yeah, no, it was. Yeah, that's when we were doing Elf. There God, it was brilliant. You oh, were brilliant. Definitely. And hot and sexy, you, and that's just that's 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 the only reason I brought it up was to was to hear you say Well, that, I'm so going to edit all that out anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> You're fucking not. That's staying in. <laughs> I'm thrilled that Ben Forster thinks I'm thinks I'm half good. Half good. <laughs> more than that, baby. More than well, that. Well, we're heading towards the end, but let's do a little bit we call um, "It's Mandy," oh, yeah. where I do an impression of Mandy Patinkin, one of my musical heroes, and you have to tell us what the song is. Ben, are you ready for that? 
Okay. It's Mandy, it's Mandy. We gotta try and guess at the song that he sings. It's Mandy, it's Mandy. We gotta try and get it. I really hope you get it. It's Mandy. Sings. Right, warmed up, ready to go. I thought that was the song. I was like, what? <laughs> well, I was wandering along by the banks of the river when seven fat cows came out of the Nile. Ah, ha, ha. And right behind them, fine, healthy animals came seven other cows, skinny and vile. <laughs> ah, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you know that kings ain't stupid, but I don't have a clue. So don't be cruel, Joseph. <laughs> You've got to help me now, I beg of you. What's that song from, Nick? Wow, I think it's from Joseph in his technical dream court. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Do you remember the... the name of the song? What's it called, the song? Can you oh, remember that? No. For a bonus point? I did, Joseph. Hang on, hang on. Um... Uh, it's not what oh. you think. It's not what no, you I think. No, I know it's not. Is it like some the pharaohs? The pharaohs dream. No, 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 no. That it's it? it's called Song of the King. Oh, there we go. Right, but, but let's do a wrap up and recap then. Let's get back and let's go through your ideal last night at the theatre. Yeah, here we go. Ben Forster, your last show on earth is Blood Brothers at the Heroic At Atticus in the Acropolis. <laughs> you're going you're gonna, to you're watch I don't know how you're going to do this but you're going to watch your, yourself play Mickey I think it's going to be like a hologram of you maybe yeah. um, with um, Sir Michael Xavier playing Eddie <laughs> yeah. um, you're, yeah. you're going to see Hannah Waddingham play Mrs Johnston and let's give let's yeah. give Mel C Mrs Lyons no no, no, no. Well, they, they can alternate. Why don't they alternate? Okay, they can alternate. Yeah, yeah okay. They can, yeah, they can like. Yeah, maybe one does the first half, one does the second half. <gasps> or they could do a beautiful duet version of that song of uh, "Tell Me It's Not yeah. True" two-part harmony. Yeah, <gasps> yeah. heaven. Oh, okay, like, let's yeah. do that. The narrator is you, John Owen Jones, Three. and the pivotal role of the policeman. Put down the yes. guns, son. It's going to be played by me. Yeah, yes, brilliant. What a cast. Yes. Your interval drink is a beautiful picante, which is tequila and lime juice and all these lovely things. Oh. You're going to eat at the <laughs> ivy afterwards, a glorious yeah. shepherd's pie, mm. and you're going to do all of that with your partner, Paul. Yeah. Oh, that is, honestly, I'd be happy. Yeah. Yeah. If the world ended 10 seconds after that and we all got our peace, I'd be like, that was a lovely last night on earth. Oh, good. Yeah, that would be lovely, yeah. It does sound lovely. Yeah, and you're with the people you love as well. That's the most important thing. Yes, exactly. You know, me, Alistair, Mel C, Hannah Waddingham, yeah. uh, Paul, <laughs> and yeah. Michael Xavier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go, we have to do our Billy Elliot joke. Now, as we explain every time in this podcast, for people who have not heard it before, when people audition for the show Billy Elliot, they have to tell a joke as part of the process. They have to do it in a Newcastle accent. Now, not many people can do it, but obviously, Ben, because you're from that part of the world, you're from Sunderland, which is very near Newcastle, why don't you share with us, in your original northeastern accent, your beautiful, beautiful accent, your Billy Elliot joke? Right, here you go. There was two cows standing in the field, and one of the cows says to the other cow... Sorry, I'm going to start again. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about the accent too much. <laughs> <laughs> and one cow says to the other cow. One cow says to the other cow, like, 
<laughs> oh god, I hope that isn't funnier than the actual punchline. Probably. Actually, there's not really a pull. Well, well, let's just see. Let's just see. Okay. Right. Let's again. There was two cows standing in a field, and one cow said to the other cow, "Hey, do you ever worry about that mad cow disease?" And they turned around and went, "Why would I? I'm a helicopter." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love that. I love that because especially since mad cow disease is so much in the news at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's so current. Uh, I know. <laughs> Capturing the zeitgeist. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much. That's a great gag. And a wonderful way to end the last show on earth of Mr. Ben Forster. Yay! Thank you, Ben. It's Yay, been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, there we are. The last show on earth of Ben Forster. Put down the gun, son. <laughs> Bravo. What a wonderful performance, Alistair. And what a lovely personal last show from my old pal, Ben. I had a lovely time there. So did I. And if you listeners out there enjoyed it too, please tell your friends, hit that follow button, and listen again next time. And we were cast again, John. This is happening more and more, although I'm usually a minor role and you're often the lead. Yes, well, art mimics life, doesn't it, dear? <laughs> if you are interested in Ben's home renovations, then you must follow his page on Instagram. It's at the Country House Diaries, as featured on Channel 4's Renovation Nation, and his personal page is at the Ben Forster, where you can find up-to-date information on his gigs and shows, as well as all his projects with Alpha. Don't forget the R, Ben Forster. Now, we have to go, as I am catching a flight to Rome in a few hours for a little job and I know John has a show tonight continuing his run as Paul Hollywood sorry Phil Hollinghurst in the Great <laughs> British Bake Off the musical there is some availability left so get your tickets quick before it finishes its West End run on May the 13th and you got a handshake too didn't you from the man himself since we last recorded yes I did indeed in fact he loved it so much he gave me two handshakes Ooh. a real Hollywood seal of approval <laughs> I'm really going to miss doing Bake Off when it ends actually I've had such a great time wonderful people wonderful audiences wonderful show so I'm really going to miss it but don't you miss us next time on this podcast well that was clunky that was clunky now if you did like the show follow us on The Last Show Pod on Twitter and The Last Show on Earth podcast on Instagram and do listen next time when we interview another special guest on The Last Show on Earth. On here we ask a question nobody dare to ask. If you had a day to live, what show would be your last? What is your last show on Earth? This is the last show on Earth. John. My name is Al. Been friends a long time past. You want to know what show you'd see if you knew it was to be your last? What is your last show on earth? This is the last show on earth. What is your last show on earth? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.